Spurs score six, then Aston Villa score seven. Hello FPL Surgery listeners, on this episode we discuss what's causing these freak results and scorelines, we go through whether Son and Kane are now too good to ignore, should we invest in Aston Villa assets, do we abort the Liverpool defence with Adrian in goal, and are defensive transfers a waste of time at the moment? Welcome back listeners to episode 189 of the FPL Surgery podcast, we are recording on Monday the 12th of October with the international break almost done. It's getting you know a little bit tiring every week saying that that was the craziest week ever. But we did have Villa beating Liverpool 7-2 and Man United losing 6-1 to Spurs. So, Josh, are we, are we set for another crazy week this game week? I think it will probably calm down a little bit. Um, they don't also look like fixtures that uh, I think we're just going to see crazy scorelines in. Um, but who knows at the moment? It's uh, It's been a very... Uh, tough season to predict and uh, pretty crazy so far yeah it's really hard to tell <laughs> i mean you've been enjoying the international break i have actually very very rarely would i say that but um after a really good game week one and two um i've had awful game week three and an awful game week four and it was a really really timely two-week break time to just uh yeah analyze some stats watch some highlights and just have a bit of a breather really um, got two free transfers, so a good time to sort of reset um, before we're we're back in it this weekend. And only a few days till we are back in it. Now, this week's guest is in his 15th season of FPL and has nine top 20k finishes, six top 10k finishes, five top 5k finishes and two top 1k finishes, with his highest being 227th. Now, he's 22nd in the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame, 17th in the Premier Tools all-time charts, and 28th on FPL Research's rankings. He's an FPL Surgery Patreon and a member of our Slack channel. Please welcome to the pod, Mark Mansfield, a.k.a. Ginger Assassin. Now, Mark, um, I need to take a deep breath before I read all that. How's, how's it going, mate? Yeah, it's not going too bad, thank you. Um, just enjoying the international break, as we mentioned a minute ago, and uh, taking some time to regroup and review what's been going on in the first four weeks, crazy as it seems. More than more than keen to plug on with game week five. Brilliant. I mean, um, we're going to our last game weeks in a second, but I mean, how is your general season going? Have you been enjoying it? Yeah, it's been a, it's been really it's really been really exciting and interesting. Um, I started off uh, with a team that did well in week one, despite having Dele Alli and Diogo Jada. Um, I've taken some hits. Uh, they haven't been good hits yet. I'm still managing to be uh, around six hundred thousand. Not sure how, but uh, it's it's a good um, it's a good solid foundation to uh, move on from. It is. I mean, I can understand Dele Alli, but how did you end up with Jota? <laughs> I don't know. It's one of those things. You're you're not too inspired by the the choices in a certain price region and you're trying to keep your team with different mm. price points i didn't like sat maximan i didn't like armstrong so you know i thought i'd do something a little bit different go for jada um i thought he would have a good season um i thought he might cover for jimenez and he may well have a good season but he's not going to cover for jimenez i found so um no. i was i think i was just trying to you know have one or two differentials in the team 
and he he had been reclassified as a midfielder and I, I thought you know maybe he was coming to an age where he might have a really good breakout season and he, he may well do but it will be at Liverpool no well may, maybe one for later in the season but yeah no that's brilliant um now Alan's on um international break this week with the statistics so we're going to move straight into you know our, our last game week so Josh I mean I, I know it's probably quite a way back now but how was your last game week and you know what transfers did you or did you not do I did nothing. Um, so after the minus eight, I took in game week three. Uh, had a bad game week three. I thought, right, just going to leave it. Leave it as it is. Same captain, Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, exactly the same uh, same 11. Um, and just left it as, as it was. So therefore, I could take uh, two transfers, obviously, into the international break. Um, so I got a game week score of 39. Really poor. Um, so, um, yeah, not great, but um, excited to move on, really, and uh, hopefully get back to uh, what was going right, going week one and two. Brilliant. I mean, I didn't do much better than you, mate. I got 45 points. I haven't had a green arrow yet this season, and I did the same thing as you. I just thought I'd I'd hold off on what I wanted to do. Um, and obviously, I mentioned last week on the pod, I wanted to do Werner to Kane eventually, but after the awful game week I had before, I just thought it was best to, to leave it another week. Sterling captain, I mean, that's bailed me out this week, but still... I've not had a green arrow yet, so I'm very, very optimistic that this weekend I'm finally getting my green arrow because I'm sat at 3.1 million in the world. And Mark, um, how was your last game week? Um, it was all right. I got 52 overall with no hits. Um, pretty average, um, 2.8 million game week rank. My transfer I made on Saturday night, um, I, I did Werner to Jimenez with no hesitation. Werner was going to drop, Jimenez was going up, and I tend to chase price fairly aggressively early in the season and the only thing that really counted was that I had Salah captain and he completely saved my week with 26 points. Brilliant so we'd like to thank all of our patrons. if you want to join the FPL Surgery Patreon please google FPL Surgery Patreon you can attach a couple of quid to a carrier pigeon and send it to Josh in the home counties or go to patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery now at the moment the slack seems to be gripped by the goal scorer challenge league and believe it or not Mad Hatter of Alexa fame is third in the world right now and each and every week we give an extra special shout out to those that are pledging at the highest level now we've got Andy Portlock, Vince Poyle, Ron Frosk and Ross from FPL Merch and each of them get an extra special mention each and every week. So let's go back to the headlines. First headline is what's causing these freak results and score lines. So Mark, can I can I go to you first of all then? I mean, what's your take on this one? Yeah, this is really interesting and I think you, you can listen to any podcast about fancy football over the last week and they're going to go through a, a litany of possible reasons why we've been having freak results and scorelines. Uh, I, I kind of start by um, questioning the premise of this headline um, and I kind of look at it from the point of view, well, yeah, we're having freak scorelines. We're having you know a lot of goals in a lot of games, but are we having freak results? I'm not so sure we are. Um, if, if we look through it on a weekly basis, there aren't that many upsets. So if you take away the number of goals, you look at who won or was it a draw, um, there haven't actually been too many freak results. In, in, in week one, Liverpool beat Leeds. Sure, there was a lot of goals, but it wasn't a, an upset, so to speak. In week two, um, the only possible upset you could really have looked at was United Palace. And I watched United closely, and for me, that wasn't something I didn't expect to happen. 
Um, there was a similar result last season. Then you come to game week three. Fair enough. West Brom, Chelsea, it's a draw. Is that a really surprise result? Maybe, but a draw. It's an away game for Chelsea. Maybe we could see it coming. City collapsed against Leicester, but Leicester winning is not, you know, the biggest surprise. And Wolves lost to West Ham. Again, not the biggest surprise. And finally, last week, you know, we, we had two very high-scoring games involving big clubs that have really set people's minds racing. But if you had told me Spurs would beat United, not a surprise. The only real surprise I feel we've had is the Liverpool-Villa result. So a lot of very high-scoring games, but are they freak results? I'm not so sure about that. No, I can see that. So it's not the results that are freaks. It's the, the number of goals, would you say? Yeah, I think there are you know, a lot of uh, reasons for those that have been highly speculated on. We've, we've had the penalty situation, um, the empty stadiums and so on. I think the really important thing to consider about these um, from an FPL perspective is, is it variance or is there hardcore reasons that mean we should change our strategy if these reasons don't change? Yeah, I, I really like your take on that. I really do. What do you think, Josh? You know, how, how do you see this? I think there's two ways you can look at it. There's, you can look at it as, um, is there something that's occurred that has created all this craziness and you know whether it be like you know the, the common reasons we've we've heard um you know like no no fans and um um now obviously you know uh, the games are kind of be being played a little bit more like training matches and therefore we're seeing a lot more goals or actually do you not look at it as being one particular rule and do you just take each game as a case by case um the villa liverpool game for example liverpool missing three of the most important players in Alisson, uh, Jordan Henderson and, and Sadio Mane. Now, that is an excuse in losing 7-2 to Villa, but still, there are three very key players. United losing to Spurs. I don't think United are in a great place. I think we could see that after game week uh, two and game week three. Again, you wouldn't expect them to quite lose to that extent, but they did have Martial sent off. So, I think yeah, maybe you know it's it's taking taking each game as a case by case as opposed to you know a one rule that fits the whole of the Premier League right now. I do think that um, it won't continue. Um, I do think that it may it may be you know the season that we see the most goals and great if that's the case. But I do think that that, that you know the defence and, uh, and and clean sheets will have its moment. Sorry, I agree that it won't continue, but I think it may continue this weekend because over time, I think we've often seen that the weekend following an international break is sometimes quite weird. Do, I mean, do you think that it will be the similar level of goals or it could be more? Um, because obviously you mentioned that previously international breaks have, you know, higher scoring games. Do you think that would be, then mean higher scoring games than the last game week? Well, I don't necessarily think they're always higher scoring games. I think there may be weekends that are a little bit more unpredictable in terms of the outcome. And sometimes, you know, maybe smaller clubs have managed to keep more of their main players at the club, whereas, you know, every Manchester City player has been away. So sometimes it's a a weekend for more unusual outcomes. Um, On the goals, I I don't think there will be more. (laughs) Uh, But could be wrong. It's it's, it's been crazy. Wouldn't it be lovely if we could predict which of those 10 games this weekend was going to be the crazy one, if there was one? Because I look at them all now and I just think... 
there's not really even a game. I'd say the one game out of the out of the ten games coming up this weekend that that screams potential goals is is Leeds Wolves on the Monday night. But then again, I think kind of you can look at that a lot of the time when Leeds. Does are that scream now. goals? I think that yeah. screams like not many goals, but <laughs> I think it. The reason why I think it does is because Wolves have always had a great um, record against the top six since they've come. Um, up to the Premiership and the reason that is normally because the other teams have the possession and then Wolves obviously hit them on the counter and I think Leeds will dominate that game in terms of possession particularly because they're at home and I think it will suit Wolves and I think if Wolves start Traore um, I think Leeds have got a couple of defenders injured as well Cooper and Lorente I think they could I think they could surprise them and I think it will feed into Wolves' hands a bit. That's an interesting take, actually, because Leeds did have, we mentioned it on our Patreon pod, but Leeds have more possession than Man City in the, in the last game week. So, I mean, maybe Leeds could dominate possession, but I don't know. I don't see that as a as a goal fest. Um, I just I think if, if, if the way that Wolves are, like, we, 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 I think a lot of us make the same mistake every year in that we, we go, oh, Wolvesy Fulham, you know, game week four, God, it's going to be, you know, 3-4-0 and Jimenez is going to get a brace and never happens. And very, very rarely happens that Wolves do that. They're not they're not flat-track bullies against these these minnows, um, these smaller teams who, who who you'd expect them to beat 3 or 4-0. Where Wolves normally chalk up goals is on the break against the likes of Arsenal, City, Spurs... I think that for that reason, because of the way that Leeds play, it, it could work. Uh, it could work well for Wolves, particularly with those defensive injuries. I mean, we very rarely see Jimenez get a brace. So, I mean, I think we've had it what once, and one was a penalty. But yeah, I don't but, know. Yeah. This is clearly the season uh, for uh, a Raúl Jimenez hat trick. <laughs> the, the, the first one ever. The first one yeah. ever. We we do have quite an interesting question actually from Jay Ros on our Slack channel. Now, Jay Rosa said, you know, given the wild swings we've seen between game weeks this season, should we avoid doubling up on teams at the back or in attack? Now, personally, I'm on three double ups at the moment. What, what do you think, Mark? I mean, how are you feeling about double and triple ups this season? And I mean, does it differ to how you normally play? Uh, on the basis of, you know, the whole goal, goal scoring thing that we've talked about, I'd have no hesitation on um, doubling up. Uh, I, I generally don't like to double up in defence, but I have absolutely no problems doubling or a triple I had triple Manchester City midfield for a little while last season and it went quite well so I generally don't double up in defense I have no problem with doubling up in attack I don't think what's happening this season changes that the only caveat I would put on it is if you are thinking about some of the clubs that seem to have COVID problems namely Liverpool Man City maybe West Ham I'd be very hesitant of doubling up in attack or defence on those because you could very easily lose two of your attackers uh, with no notice. You could. I mean, m- myself, I'm on three Wolves, three Man City and three Chelsea and it's it's been pretty horrific. But yeah, I mean, if COVID could could ruin that as well. Um, I mean, Josh, what are you thinking about double and, double and triple ups? Yeah, I really like this question. It, it, it really got me thinking um, while, you know, myself and you, Rich, can sit here and go, well, you know, triple City midfield's not worked the last two weeks. We both had Sterling, De Bruyne and, uh, and Foden. You can argue, yeah, but if you were sat there with, you know, James Rodriguez and Calvert-Lewin or Son and Kane, you'd be right up there. So I, I, I don't think it's, 
don't go for double ups, um, attacking or, or defensive double ups, and from the same team, I think it's a question of, you know, you need to be on the right ones. And obviously, if normal service resumes, City are a great one to be on a double up or a triple up with because most weeks they win and most weeks they score lots of goals. Um, I think we've just been unfortunate the last two weeks really with um, with their form and, and obviously the impact of Jesus getting injured. Yeah, I think you've just got to ride it out sometimes. I mean, like Mark said, at the end of, well, I assume you mean at the last end of last season, Mark, with the triple City midfield, um, you know, that was incredible. And I think just, you're going, sometimes you're going to have a good game week. Sometimes you're going to have bad game week if you go for these double or triple ups. But I guess it's just being patient with it as well. I mean, Mark, was it the end of last season you're talking no, about? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. At okay. All. It, was, uh, it was earlier in the season. I had uh, De Bruyne, David Silva and Sterling. It was, I think it was around game week six, seven, eight. And I think oh, Silva got... Was that got... when they beat Villa 8-0 or something? I <laughs> uh, can't remember, but I remember Silva had really great game and nobody else had him and uh, it, it went well but just on on the whole this doubling up idea and the fickleness of how things are going last night last this season sorry I was speeding towards a, a double Liverpool defence until Sunday night and on Monday everybody's talking about having no Liverpool defenders yeah. so I you weren't the only rats. ones yeah I, I was uh, I was scheming on how I could get Andy Robertson into my team as well and that Plan plans were sh- were shelved. <laughs> you really aren't the only one. I had. I've just got Robertson. I was looking how to get Trent in, and yeah, then suddenly it swung round to do I even need Robertson? <laughs> so it, it's it's just funny how things change so quickly. I mean, we were even talking about it on the podcast last week. I mean, Luke was talking about you know his double Liverpool. I think he had double Liverpool defence, and we were quite envious of that. But no, that's brilliant. Um, I really enjoyed that headline. So let's move on to the next one though. So I think this is quite a popular one in the community. So are Son and Kane now too good to ignore? So if we go to you first, Mark, I mean, do you have any Spurs players at the moment or are you looking to get any? Not wishing to uh, ruin the surprise later on, but I do have a Spurs player now. Um, I brought him in on Sunday night. I got um, Son in for Marcus Rashford. I think in in, in terms of answering the question, um, my first reaction was no, nobody's too good to ignore, but... When I looked into it a little bit, I kind of steered towards, yes, they are too good to ignore. Um, if you look at the next block of fixtures between now and the next international break, it's West Ham at home, Burnley away, Brighton at home, West Brom away. Um, I think even even under normal terms, there's two two or three goal games in there for Spurs. Um, they're... They're doing quite well on non-penalty XG Spurs. They're second behind Everton. And now I know on the other side of that, people will say Son has got six goals from two XG and that's not going to continue and it won't continue. But um, I, I think when you combine the potency of Kane and Son with their four upcoming fixtures, there's no one to compare. Um, I think to Son in midfield, certainly, and quite likely if you have the money. There's not many to compare to Kane. No, I mean, I agree with you there. I mean, I wildcarded two weeks ago and removed Kane. And I mean, I said on the pod last week, I, you know, my one regret was removing Kane because against Newcastle, he had what, nine shots. Um, then last week he had he had seven shots, which I believe was the most in the league. I mean, there's only a handful of players or a handful of strikers. Um, or no, there's only a handful of players who can score, you know, 30 plus Premier League goals. And I think it's a very short list. I think it's Salah, Kane, possibly Aubameyang, although I'm not convinced there. And if Aguero could stay fit, 
So yeah, I'm I'm all over Kane. I'm definitely getting him back in. Um, and I mean, I don't even think his his form's been recent. I think Project Restart. He was he was incredible. You know, he scored a lot of goals. He was very unlucky. He had four goals disallowed against Sheffield United. He had that goal disallowed because Mora fell over and handballed it. I mean, I, th- I think he's had form for, you know, a good chunk of this year since he returned from injury. I mean, Josh, what are you thinking with Spurs? I think it's sensible to go with one of their attackers. I think for me personally, I would go for one of the two, not both. I think... Um, just in terms of stats-wise, um, I think Kane's stats are fantastic. I think they are up with um, the sort of numbers he was posting when he was scoring um, 25, 30 goals a season and, and competing for the Golden Boot. So if you look at his his stats compared to all players in, uh, in FPL at the moment, I mean, goal attempts, he's first with 19. Shots in the box, he's second with 14. Salah's first. Um, shots on targets first with 10 big chances he's second with five he's actually under his xg so his xg is 3.83 he's only scored three goals uh his goal conversion is 15.8 percent which is not it's 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 all right it's not amazing whereas you look at sun so goal attempts uh he's 16th amongst all players with 10 um shots in the box he's 18th with seven shots on target this is where it gets better he's third with seven big chances first with six and obviously goals uh he's he's scored six so he's scored double the amount of goals to Kane but he's had half the amount of shots in the box um and that's from an xg of 1.81 so he's massively overperforming and his goal conversion is 60 percent at the moment and don't get me wrong, I'm not by any means saying that Sun is a bad pick. And I'm not saying that his form's not going to continue. I'm not saying he's not going to ever score any more FPL points because he will. But this will ma- he will massively regress. And um, I had a little look into some goal conversion stats for Sun previous seasons. So um, last season, bearing in mind this season so far after four game weeks, he's at 60%. Uh, last season, uh, he for the full season was thirteen point six percent. Um, 2018-19, 16.2 percent, and 2017-18, percent. So, I'm not saying he's a bad pick, and I know a lot of people will go for him this week. Um, I'm not. I'm not completely ruling it out. I need to wait till the end of, of the week on Friday. I think I'm unlikely go to go for him but I wouldn't completely rule it out depending on what happens with, with KDB and Sterling's uh, injuries, really. Um, I just think, yeah, there's definitely going to be a, a, a good amount of regression there, um, as will be the same with other form players at the moment, Calvert-Lewin, for example. Yeah, I, I think you're right there. Um, I, I think the thing about Son and the reason for his high ownership is just he's so gettable. You know, to consider Kane, unless you have another high-scoring forward is going to be two moves, whereas Son is just the easiest move in the world. It's the, I've done it. It's the lazy man's move. I think that's why he'll be he'll be so highly owned. He's just so cheap for what he can possibly deliver. Yeah, one other thing I was going to say on, 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 on the pair of them is actually um, the whole theory in the last season or two about Kane being... You know, dropping deep, being a you know defensive midfielder, and all that, all that sort of stuff. Um, he still is dropping deep, 
yes, that's how he's picking the ball up um, and, and 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 playing those through balls to Son, who's who's away one on one, and that's how they're getting those goals and assists. Yes, but actually, penalty area touches for the four games so far, Kane's actually ahead of Son, twenty two to seventeen. So it does show that he's getting in the box as much. He's touching the ball more. Um, so for me, yes, he's one point. Was he 1.6 million more expensive? But I think that for me, the reason why I'd go for one over the other, Kane over Sun, is 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 purely from a captaincy perspective. Um, I would feel right now more confident in putting the captaincy on Kane over Sun. And the second thing is, I'd also feel that his stats are going to continue. His therefore his points are going to continue. Um, and I feel like like we spoke about a couple of weeks ago when I was. You know, we were talking about, you know, sun ceiling in terms of goals, sun ceilings in terms of FBL points. The other thing about Kane is, is, is so far this season, he's only scored three goals. You know, he, he scored, he's like, just like you said, Rich, you know, he's capable of, of, of 30 goals in a season. Um, he scored back to back 29 goals back to back in 16, 17 and 17, 18. So, you know, you could argue that, you know, he could easily have another 26 goals left in him this season. So you're not essentially bringing him in after he's scored his points in quite the way, same way as you are with Son, in my opinion. I do like the point that, that Mark makes about, you know, Son is a lot easier to get in. So I do understand why people are, you know, why people are going for Son. And what I'm actually looking at is going for both. Um, now, my my prefer- preferred pick is Kane. The one I'll captain out of the two is Kane. But I do understand why people are going for Son, even though he can be quite a frustrating and streaky player. Although saying that, he's a streaky player and he's in form, he's scoring points. So, I mean, maybe now is the perfect time to get Son, you know, and just sit on him until he stops. Because, yeah, he's not going to score, what, 40 goals this season, but he's capable of, like, actually hurting your rank if he becomes a more popular pick. I mean, does, does that not worry you at all, Josh? I just think it's about regression and I just never like bringing players in after they've scored their points really do you, I, know, do you know he's definitely stopped I mean as in no it's not about <laughs> stopping it's about for me it's 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 the the rate that he's scored the last four people that have got him people that have had the points fantastic great that's you know fair play to them I personally stayed off Spurs at the start of the season for one reason really and that was that they had you know, every Thursday night in um, playing away in Bulgaria and Latvia and, 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 and you know, in, in the Europa qualifying games. Not to mention that before the United game, they had two midweek games because they had the Carabao Cup game against Chelsea and they also had um, a, another Euro, Europa League qualifier. So I, mean, I was expecting them to be quite tired, um, which obviously they've been far from. Um, but for me, I just... Yeah, I just look at it with Sun and, and, and I feel like, you know, like I said, it's bringing players in after they've scored their point. It's just not for me. You know, if, if I was, mm. obviously, I've used my wildcard game week too, but if I was wildcarding right now and players who are wildcarding um, right now um, are probably looking at it and going, right, who are the must-haves? And a lot of people would say the must-haves are Sun and DCL. Personally, I'd say they're the two players to avoid. And I know that's an unpopular opinion, but you're you're bringing in the two most overperforming players in the league at the moment, right? Son and 
DCL are only going to go in one direction. I'm not saying that they're not going to score well for the season. They will do. They're great players for great teams who score goals. But I feel like don't go for the players who scored the points last week or the week before. Go for the players that you think are showing good stats, got great fixtures coming up and actually get them ahead of them scoring their points. The players who are who are scoring the points um, next game week or the week after are not the ones that have scored them in the past. Because uh, be I always honest. thought you were quite a boring manager. So I, but clearly not if you're avoiding the, the, you know, the form players in the, in the league. I think there's a point to make there though. And I, I completely agree with your approach that you're, you're kind of recommending in general there. But I think there is one thing you have to look out for an ongoing basis. And it's, it's a certain type of player just having a breakout. So, you know, someone having a season like Suarez had, you know, Ronaldo had a season. It doesn't happen very often, but there are guys who are just, maybe they've gone to a new level. We, we don't know. And it's just something to be aware of. And you can get into this kind of uh, mindset where you're just, you don't get a guy for a long period of time just because he, he's got his points. And it actually just continues the whole season. And the next season he ends up yeah. at Barcelona or Real Madrid y- or something. Y- Yaya Toure and yes. Ramsey as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Yaya Toure and Ramsey are <laughs> freak, freak. Uh, and then so were Mares and Vardy when they won the league. But Didn't you if, avoid if, them if, as well, if, Josh? Mares and no, Vardy? I didn't. That was... <laughs> Funnily enough, though, that was the season I had my only rank outside the top 100k okay. and my worst season ever. I did have them. I just never captained them. I was oh, like, okay. Okay. they're not going to win the league. They're not, of course, they're not going to win the league. And they did. And I had my worst FPL season ever. Uh, but um, it, it, if the stats back it up, I'm all over it. But for this one, just with Sun, I'm not talking about Kane. I'm all over Kane. With Sun, the stats don't back it up, right? Seven seven shots in the box, seven shots on target, six big chances, six goals, goal conversion, sixty percent. Like uh, that's absolutely correct. I mean, that is... it's, it's it's bonkers. This they're yeah. crazy, crazy stats, you know. And and I think he'll have a great season. He's having a great season already, so he's going to continue to have a great season. But for me, it's not the right time to buy him. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. I'd argue for nine million, even if he scored half his big chances, it'd, it'd be great value. But I mean, what do you, what do you guys think? We'll go to you first, Mark. Um, just one other Spurs player, because obviously Josh has mentioned getting on players before they before they hit their points. What about Bale? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting one. Uh, that that's where the brave may venture very soon. I think. Um, I I think was it you, Josh? You you treat you retweeted a, a compilation of. Um, Oh. Bale banging them in and training. Great, today. wasn't it? It was great. I loved it. And if you're feeling adventurous, uh, you're thinking about. For, for, for me, I'm I'm actually I was warming to the idea of going in early, and when I say early, I mean this week on him because yeah. I just think he could be one of the best value players in the game this season. We're talking about a Ballon d'Or level you know, player or, you know, nominee. Um, and um, I just think he could be, he could be fantastic. I also, it, it fits my, my team and structure to go for a, for Bale over Kane. But then I look at it and I go, okay, but if you ask yourself for the next block of fixtures, game weeks five to, to eight, who's going to score more points, Kane or Bale? So really, Bearing in mind, Bale's likely to start on the bench this week. Then he might play 60 the week after. He's going to get eased in, right? And and for that reason, I kind of feel like 
I'd rather go for the safer bet now and work him into my team after he's been fully into, integrated into into the starting lineup. Yeah, I don't think you can compare Bale and Kane. I think that's pretty offensive to Kane, to be honest. We're at the stage of the career, you know, Bale's Bale's in at the moment. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, Bale's not going to score thirty plus goals. Yeah, Kane but could. he's a midfielder, so he gets a point more for every one that he scores. You know, Would you captain Bale over Kane? If 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 he's in the right form, yeah, I guarantee you, if he stays fit, Gareth Bale will be an absolute player for us for 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 FPL this season. I mean, his his is just to, to just to have a look at his, and I know we're talking a little bit nostalgic here in terms of you know what he what he did before, um, but you know in his last. FPL season, although it was 2012-13, right? 21 goals, nine assists, 50 bonus points, and um, 249 FPL points. And that wasn't even from a full amount of minutes. He missed about 500 minutes. Um, for me, he's 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 gone to Real Madrid and he's gone from basically a boy into a man. He's had he's had an experience um, in one of the best teams in the world, in one of the best leagues in the world. And you'd like to think that he's come back a more mature player. All right, he's played a bit of golf in the meantime, but he's he's um, you know he should be able to match or better the level that he was at when he left Spurs, really. And I, and and I think I, I really want to get on Gareth Bale as soon as possible. I'm just questioning whether it's a little bit silly going on him when I'm not even sure he's going to start. Um, you know, this week. So it, it may be just one when, you know, I'll, I'll get the right feeling or, or you know, he's, he's played enough minutes and then bang, he's straight in. Um, yeah, um, I, I think it's a little bit crazy to, you know, dismiss Bale as a prospect. Uh, when you consider people are kind of going out with their solid minds about the return of Christian Pulisic um, for not much less money. Uh, he's He had an okay season last year. I had him twice. But, you know, if, if I thought that Pulisic and Bale were going to both come in, both play full-time, uh, I, I know which way I'd go. It would be Bale. Yeah. Bale, Bale at peak is, is at peak Bale for Spurs this season if he gets to that point. Top three players in the Premiership, without a doubt. Yeah, but that's a, that's a big if, you know, if he's at his, at his peak. I mean... And Pudisic, he's he's one point what, one point two less um, yeah. than Bale. I mean, I think Bale's quite expensive. I think he's a wait and see. And I mean, obviously, I know at his peak he could outperform a nine point five price tag. What he was, just... um, this this is a last last bit on him. An interesting uh, thing that basically the, the season he left Spurs, so he, he had that season in twelve thirteen, and then they obviously registered him on the game um, before he actually departed. Um, and they registered him at 12 million. So it was 9.5 the season that I said that you got the 50 bonus points, 21 goals, uh, nine assists. Um, but he, um, yeah, he, he came into the game. So 2013-14 at 12 million. And then obviously didn't play a game because he went to Real Madrid. But it shows you the level that he was that, at from Real That FPL was his peak though. I mean, the most Premier League goals he scored in the season before that was 10. Just, just to put it in perspective, and that yeah, was very more... young then. I mean, he's 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 only he's only thirty one now. Yeah. He's he's you know it's um 
I don't know. I, I'm I, I'm I'm a I'm a bit of a dreamer it when it comes like to. You're not, it sounds like you're not going to get him straight away anyway, Josh. So <laughs> I'm <laughs> definitely getting him though. Headline? Full stop. <laughs> so we'll move on to the next headline. So should we invest in Aston Villa assets? So Mark, what do you think about Villa? Obviously, they just had quite yeah. a big win. Well, there's a few ways of looking at this. Yeah, they're second in the table. They've had three wins. They've just beaten the champion seven-two, which is pretty impressive. Um, you could also look at it from the point of view they had a freak occurrence in their first game with Sheffield United where John Egan got sent off in pretty shady circumstances. Um, you could imagine that game going differently. If that game goes differently, where are they now? So I think, you know, if they were fortunate in that game, they were, you know, obviously brilliant against Liverpool, but also three deflections, Liverpool behaving in an uncharacteristic manner. So I think the jury is still out on them. Um, I look at their next four, Leicester away, Leeds at home, Southampton at home, Arsenal away. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not jumping all over them yet. I absolutely love Grealish. I love watching him. He's a great footballer. Um, it won't take much for me to get him in, but I'm going to give it a little bit more time, have another little look at them against Leicester, uh, and then maybe think about it a little bit more. In terms of the defence, um, I, I just... I'm veering away from making defensive transfers at the moment because I don't think there's too much upside there. No, I can understand. I mean, it's interesting you mentioned Grealish because the reason I like them is they've got such cheap options. Like obviously, you've got Watkins at 5.9. We've got, for example, one of the biggest trolls in the game, Barkley at 5.9. Mm. Um, mm. I think it's the the value for me that they offer. I mean, obviously, Martinez was 4.5 as well. He's gone up. Um, so yeah. be Grealish or no one for you? I think Watkins has had one good day at the office. Um, he, he needs to show a bit more. I've had McGinn before. I quite like McGinn. Um, there's a bit of a running joke in the, the league I have with my, my brother-in-laws that um, any time Barkley does anything, I'm all over him. So <laughs> uh, against my better instinct, I might end up on Barkley again. But I just I just think Grealish is a great player. I can't believe... Uh, you know, he's, he's not uh, more central to the England team. Um, and it really, I, I would, if I was wildcarding now, I would probably get him. I just, I love watching him and he, he produces the goods. What happens every time you get Barkley in out of interest? <laughs> oh boy. Uh, in, in a word, nothing. <laughs> yeah. did you uh did you start with him last season after his really good pre-season? I did, I did, I did. Yeah, I did. So did and I. Terrible. The season before I got him in, um, I think he scored a goal against United and I had been thinking about getting him in before the United game and he scored that goal and I just thought, this is fantastic. So I ended up with, I think, Barkley, McTarion and Pedro and that that was just, I'd, I'd broken one of my rules, which is don't get mid-priced players from big clubs. I'd shattered that rule all over the floor and I just, it was wildcard time. So... Barkley's always been a disaster for me. <laughs> and what, what do you think about the Villa players then, Josh? Are you looking at any of them for yourself? Well, I'm actually, um, I've actually got Martinez and Steer as my two keepers, so I can only get one out pitch unless uh, unless I make a goalkeeper transfer, which I'm not going to. Um, to be honest, though, I think um, you know, yes, they scored seven goals against against Liverpool in, in a freak result, but 
I think really you're not going to double up attacking-wise of all the teams to double up on in, in, in the league. So I think really the only the only one, well, the, the standout option is Grealish, but obviously you pay a little bit more than you do for the likes of uh, Barkley, Watkins or even McGinn. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go Grealish or, or, uh, or, or Watkins um, out of any of them. Um, but I think if you're just going to go for one, definitely Grealish is the, is, is the best pick. You raised a good point for anyone on wildcard, actually, because I would, with the goalkeepers, I'd only go for Martinez because not only they might have a double game week coming up in the next few weeks or months, but I think because of the value these players could offer, I wouldn't want to block a Villa spot. I could see because of the double game week, because of the prices, I could see a it sounds mad, but there could be possibilities for a Villa tripper up in the future. When you're playing your wildcard game week two and you think two Villa keepers, well, I'm never going to want any more than one of their outfield players, am I? So uh, I'm not but blocking a spot there. It's because that... of the double game week. Because I, I no, wildcard no, game week yeah. three and that's why I didn't go for a second Villa goalkeeper. It's the only thing I did right on wildcard, possibly. But I'm You've got to remember, actually... though, that, that double game week, um, I think they're rearranged fixtures away to City, isn't it? So um, that would be one of their double game week fixtures. Still a so double not... game week. And I mean, Man City aren't looking that great at the back, are they? I mean, Still a not... fear nobody after last Sunday. Nobody. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I am actually eyeing up. I want to get more pay in as part of my moves. But Watkins is one I'm considering just because of the price. And seeing him play for Brentford last year, you know, he was you know, he was pretty good. But I think it's more about the price with Villa. You know, I'm under no illusions. I don't think they're, you know, Barcelona or anything, prime Barcelona. But let's move on to the to the next headline anyway. The fourth headline is, do we abort the Liverpool defence with Adrian in goal? If we go to you again then, Mark. So what are you thinking about the Liverpool defenders? Obviously, you touched on it earlier. You were looking at going for two at the back. What's your, what's your thoughts now? Yeah, I've definitely backed away from that little scheme. Uh, <laughs> I, I think, you know, the narrative over the last, week has been very unfair on Adrian um, you know th- there were three deflections in that game granted the first goal he gave up um, wasn't fantastic but where he hit the ball if Gomez is moving faster if Gomez is anticipating it maybe it was the right place to put the ball so you know that's I don't think that mistake from Adrian is quite as bad as you know maybe Robertson's mistake or Van Dijk's mistake against Leeds so he doesn't really I don't think he's a huge issue. I think some people have shown numbers from the extended period that he was in the team last year, and it wasn't it wasn't disastrous. I think people remember a few high-profile howlers, but Adrian has his moments as well, and he seems to get away with a lot of them. Um, so I think I think all the defence has been culpable at times. Um, there's at times there's been a lack of pressure from the Liverpool midfield and the up on the opposition midfield, maybe letting in some balls behind um, that they haven't dealt with so well. Um, And I think what's going to happen with Liverpool is, like we saw with Southampton, we could have a little bit of a reaction from their defence. I would expect they'll tighten up somewhat. They they haven't been that bad in terms of XG conceded, if I remember correctly. So while I won't go there on the double up, um, I have no thoughts of selling um, Trent Alexander-Arnold and I'm not particularly concerned about having him. I'm just going to leave him there. Um, I don't think anything that was said about the Liverpool defence prior to the season is now untrue. So we've got a question from the Slack. So we go to you, Josh. So Espen Frostad is asking, is it time to let go of Liverpool defence? And in which bracket could, should the replacement be selected from? 
I don't think so. No, um, I think that I think you know majority of us have got bigger priorities and uh, essentially fires to put out than uh, than than chopping and changing around um, Trent or Robertson, for example. What um, if it I enables a bigger move? If you've got two and you want to go down to one potentially i wouldn't sell completely and get rid of get rid of them i think it's, it's, it's makes sense to have one you may also want to eventually go back to having two so you know good to keep one there at all times um i think that if you're on a wild card again and you want to go from two to one yes but i would i'd still stick with one in there personally which one you go for at the moment i don't really think it matters obviously you know everyone loves trent but robertson's you know, numbers have been have been better so far, and obviously you make a 0.5 saving. Um, I think we'll see a different Liverpool uh, game week five. Like I said, obviously, you know they had three big players out. Um, you'll see Henderson and Mane back for that game. Obviously, no Allison, but I think Henderson and Mane will make a big difference. Um, and Thiago is also fit as well now, um, back from coronavirus. So I don't think he'll probably start in a game like that. But, you know, it's, it's, it's also another player that's great to bring on for the last 30 for sort of tired legs and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bother personally unless you're in a wild card. I'd just stick with it. I find this question really interesting because I think with this game, I like to to pick what I think is going to happen and properly go for it. And it probably shows, you know, that's why I've got a triple triple up. And I just feel just holding one of Trent or Robertson just as like a safety blanket. I don't know. It kind of bores me. I kind of feel like, Oh, and I don't know the answer to this, but I kind of either want to, you know, be like Liverpool. They're the best defenders. You know, they're the best value double up or just completely avoid, you know, completely. I just feel it's sort of sitting on the fence a bit to, <laughs> to, to just hold one just in case does, does that make sense you know what i'm saying mark um <laughs> yeah i, I completely I, I think i understand what you're saying i think the temptation is strong um i think the question references um you know can we have um can we sit, spend the money from ta a little bit more wisely um i wouldn't i wouldn't rule it out but i think a good thing this weekend is the merseyside derby i think that's this is going to tell us a lot about what we've seen so far um you know, I think these these two teams are really going to take this seriously. Can Everton continue to do what they've been doing in attack? And are Liverpool capable of tightening things up? I think what is possible will happen with Liverpool is uh, Joe Gomez might get a little bit of a rest um, and Fabinho might slot in. Um, and then we'll see, can Liverpool keep keep things tight against a really well-functioning attack? And if, if they can, I think you can banish any thoughts of selling TAA. If they can't, well, let's think about it again. It, no, it is a great point. I mean, because it, they're very hard to get back if we do sell them, you know, reaction uh-huh. as a reaction after that Villa result. And I think that moves us on really well into our, our fifth headline. So our defensive transfer is a waste of time at the moment. Um, so, I mean, Josh, we've got a question from Alan. After this game week, it might be a weird time to ask it. But maybe that's why I'm asking, what defences should we be investing in? So, I mean, how do you feel about what defences you like? And do you think the transfers, mm. are they a waste? I mean, you touched on it briefly, didn't you? 
Yeah, I mean, defences to invest in. I mean, there isn't really any any standout at the moment that are, that are keeping um, consistent clean sheets. I mean, I know we've only, obviously only had four game weeks, so it's hard to say that anyway. So, I, yeah, it's it, it's a tough to know to know who to invest in other than looking really at the fixtures coming up. Um, I mean, I've got both um, Ailing and Dallas, um, and I think that they are definitely interesting um, the next six are, are decent, um, so definitely the next four are really good as well. So um, I think, yeah, they're, they're maybe worthy of investment. I but thought it, they were going to have again, a goal think, fest against Wolves, or are they going to be yeah, scoring the goals? They could be <laughs> exactly assisting and scoring. I think these, I think these defensive um, defensive injuries that they've got are potentially a bit of an issue and might, might scupper their uh, chances of a clean sheet. And, and like I said, I do think Wolves will. Will will enjoy the way that Leeds uh, play that game and, and try to dominate possession. But um, just for that block of fixtures coming up, I do think they're they're, they're decent options. But it, all in all seriousness, unless your defence has got um, some potential picks in it that need to go, maybe Luke Shaw, Ben Davies, you know, players that have now been replaced in the transfer window by uh, by new signings. Um, and and even if they have, if you can still get three out from your other four, um, I just wouldn't bother at the moment. I'd take a price drop and just uh, focus your uh, your transfers and your midfield and, uh, and strikers. Brilliant. And what what do you think, Mark? Yeah, I I, I can't really be bothered making defensive transfers at the moment, and I've got <laughs> I've got Reece James and James Justin, so I should probably be thinking about it. But I think going into game week three, I was very tempted to take a minus four for. Um, McCarthy to Mendy in goal and it's a good thing I didn't give him McCarthy scored 15 points since but it's kind of case in point that you really don't know what's going to happen you don't know where it's going to go at the moment in terms of goal concessions um, I think if I was looking at anyone we referenced it earlier the block of fixtures coming up for Spurs is so good and I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce his name right but um, Rajulian for Spurs he, he kind of interests me as does Semedo at Wolves but I wouldn't be rushing out to buy them. No, I think I feel the same. I mean, I, I'm not. I've got Reese James as well, and I'm. I'm not gonna be moving any of them on yet. I want to see a little more. The only reason I've considered removing Robertson because it might enable some other moves, but I think, like we've already said, it's really hard to get them back. Um, so I do think, yeah, defensive transfers are a waste of the time at the moment. So I think I think that wraps up all the headlines. So it's time to flex our biceps and have a piss for the Ice Man. Welcome back, listeners. So we're moved straight on to the questions. Now, we'll start with our Slack questions, which we've got three of. So Emma is asking, and we'll direct this at you first, Mark. So Emma's asking, what are the big unanswered questions of the season? When will we have some clarity as to who to back as a reliable FPL player? So what players are you looking at? Which players do you think are consistent, Mark? Um, well, to, to, to answer the second part of the question first, um, when when will we know and have some clarity as to who the reliable players are? I think we can see already that some of the old favourites are the reliable players. Um, Harry Kane, Salah, 
Vardy looks reliable. Vardy is reliable in his own way, as usual. He's just scoring when he has no right to. Um, Kane looks like he's getting back to something like he was two seasons ago. And Salah is just doing Salah things. He's getting big hauls despite not being fantastic. So I, I think we've all kind of got into a bit of a tizzy and we've, we've convinced ourselves that this is a highly irregular season and in, in some ways it is um, in terms of high numbers of goals and, and the, the virus situation. But it's not that unusual. I think a lot of the usual immutable rules of FPL remain true. And the players who have always been good remain good by and large. Um, so I think we'll find come the end of the season, the reliable players before are still the reliable ones. And I think you should have a core of those in your team. Um, I, that would be my view on it. I like your calm, level head. It's actually, it's actually making me feel a lot better about this season. <laughs> I mean, Josh, what players do you think um, are the reliable picks at the moment? Are they the same ones or do you have any different ones? Yeah, I mean, with Emma's question, what are the big unanswered questions of the season? I think I'd flip it and say, what are the answered questions of the season? <laughs> As in, is there actually anything that we can hang our hat on at the moment with? And, and I don't think there is. And, you know, when I was when I was playing my wildcard game week two, a lot of people were going, oh, you know, I want to play it that early. You know, you need more info. You need more info. And it's like, well, here we are after four game weeks. Really? Are you sat there with with info to make a better, um, more, you know, um, you know, a wild card team um, with, with the info that we've got from four game weeks? And, and I don't think you are. And it's just going to be a question of when it when it settles and when it actually, you know, and that is obviously when the inevitable template will start to eventually form because at the moment there are no um you know essential players to own there are you know um and i think there isn't there isn't a template um so in terms of sort of who the reliable fpl players are yeah i agree with, i agree with mark you know the some of the usual some of the usual names but um in general yeah i don't think you need to be worrying too much if there's any particular player that you don't own in the game at the moment um, just just look at your team. Um, look at who you're uh, who you're wanting to to lose from that team. Who you like in terms of their fixtures coming up, the stats that they're producing, and um, go for it. Really, I just to, to go back to the first question. What are the big unanswered questions of the season? I wrote down a few, but I think one that I think is really interesting is um, we've touched on one of these players already. I think it's what impact will the likes of Bale, Aguero, and Pulisic have when they come back. I think they're all captain captain um, possibilities when they when they're fully fit, and I think they're all transformative for the players around them. And I just I think it'll be really interesting to see when those guys come back in and those three teams settle to see how that will shape the equilibrium of those attacks. I'd say one other one other uh, unanswered question uh, for you, Rich, would be. Uh... How big an impact on the game is Gareth Bale going to have? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I guess we'll we find we will find out soon, won't we? Um, something I find quite interesting there, though, is obviously Mark's mentioned Aguero, and I think a lot of people are. I'm going off on a tangent here, but a lot of people are looking at Kane as like that Aguero placeholder for when he's fit. 
I mean, I almost think that Kane is actually possibly a season keeper and maybe Kane and Aguero as a very expensive strike force could be a thing. I mean, do either of you agree with that or is that absolute madness? Um, I I think allegedly um, Kane got a rest this week because he's already suffering from burnout. Um, Mourinho is going to absolutely Kane Kane and his ankles are going to just collapse. And then everyone will jump on Aguero then Aguero will have a hamstring injury and then we'll all be left scratching our heads again. Yeah, and then maybe it's time for the guy you mentioned. Maybe just we all get on Jamie Vardy. But um, <laughs> we'll we move on to a question from the Hitman. So the Hitman's asking, how long before people are flocking to get Aubameyang in? The hype around him at the start of the season was sky high, but since has quickly fallen off the cliff, have people forgotten how much of a goal scorer he is? So that comes from the Hitman, the Arsenal fan. Um, I mean, what do you think about Aubameyang, Mark? Uh, I, I have a very um, specific answer to this question um, for the hitman looking at the season ticker. People will flock to get Aubameyang for game week eight after he has scored against United and they see the fixture difficulty rankings giving Villa and Leeds as easy games. They'll turn out not to be easy games. Aubameyang <laughs> will in- inevitably disappoint us all. And then people will see that he has Wolves and Tottenham next and then I'll rush to sell him again. So they'll rush to buy him for game week eight. They'll rush to sell him for game week ten. He's always a letdown when we think he's got an easy game anyway, yeah. Um yeah. And he's, he is quite expensive. I mean, he's very expensive, actually. I mean, Josh, are you looking at Aubameyang at all? No. Uh, fixtures aren't that like amazing at the moment. They've got City away, obviously, this week. Leicester at home, United away. That's their next three. That's not particularly great. His stats are awful as well. I mean, they're the worst I've ever seen. Um, for for Aubameyang, he's he's yet to register a big chance this season, yeah. um, which is which is crazy for him because normally he's right up there and and particularly um, with a with a team that are um, essentially revolving their whole game with the ball ending up at his feet at the end of the move. Um, he's had four shots inside the box, um, so I mean it's it's, it's dire. Um, I yeah, I won't be going anywhere near him for a while. And I mean, I captained him game week one and two, and I guess just about got away with it. Particularly because I owned Salah game week one, which obviously some didn't. Um, yeah, it's um, he's, yeah, he's not he's not um, anyone that I'm considering. I, I'd, I'd genuinely be looking at Lacazette before I look at Aubameyang at this stage. It's just the rotation, though, isn't it? Because you can get in, in Ketia yeah. coming in as well. Yeah. It's true, it's true. And I didn't enjoy, I had William as my one week punt in game week two. And yeah, I didn't enjoy that because he got, I think he gets subbed off early occasionally. I Um, think Arsenal are actually more interesting defensively at the moment, if anything. So Bellerin, aren't you? Yeah, I love love (laughs) a bit of Bellerin. Yeah, I think even Leno as well. Leno's, because of his um, past completion stats at the moment, um, I think he's going to be really high on bonus this season. So, yeah, don't be surprised to see him as the top-scoring keeper, maybe, bonus-wise, at the end of the season. You can get that for less from, from Matt Ryan, but we'll see. Um, I've got one more question for you, Josh. So, Mad Hatter's asking, I used to fancy the female rabbit, rabbit from the caramel adverts. Yeah, why not? I mean, and and Jessica <laughs> and and, uh, and Je- Jessica Rabbit from um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit as well, you know. I, I we didn't all... even think you'd answer that. She, all... she wasn't actually a rabbit, though. That was human. <laughs> wow. Yes, you're right. Yeah, you're yeah, well yes. aware. Yeah. You know Josh, what I mean. Josh, Josh didn't mind. It was... <laughs> we were like a we were like a fictional rabbit. Well, Mad Hatter does anyway. 
<laughs> so with, we've got a few questions on Twitter. We're going to go, I think I'm going to alternate between you so we can get through all, all of these. Um, so Mark, we'll go with you for the first one. So with ZH, um, so this is from FPL Fatboy Slimfast, lovely name. With ZH and Pudisic back to fitness, is it time to power in on three Chelsea attackers? They could tear uh, Highline Southampton a new one this weekend. Well, no, um, I wouldn't get three Chelsea attackers. And I'm not sure Southampton need a new hole because there are plenty of them in their rear against Spurs. So, no, I believe. And uh, as someone with two Chelsea attackers at the moment, no, I, would, I wouldn't want to add a third one. So, we give you, Josh, you can have the next one. So, FPL Oakwell, any advice for those on wildcard regarding which formation seems to be the best? I think that there isn't really um, an ideal formation at the moment. I don't think that there's any any of them that they're all viable, whatever one. I think the, the one thing that could potentially dictate it on a wild card is the inclusion of Rian Brewster in your wild card. So you might obviously potentially play him this week at home to Fulham, but then most weeks go with two up top. So I therefore would probably say if I had to hang my hat on one, favour three five two. And so the next question, I'll pass to both of you. Um, we'll keep it brief, though. So Vardy Boys is asking budget forwards under seven million. So, Mark, do you have a favourite budget forward that's under seven million? Uh, for me, it would be Maupai or Bamford. Awesome. And what about you, Josh? Uh, Rian Brewster, 4.5 million. <laughs> from a value uh, yeah. perspective, he could be an absolute game changer. But from the, from the other ones, I mean, Mikel Antonio for me. Um, he's posting the stats at the moment. Uh, fixtures are a little bit dodgy for the next three, but then it's great from game week eight onwards. So um, he'd be my pick. Yeah, I think I'd go. For, I'd go for more pay as well. I mean, if I needed to save a little more money, I'll go for Watkins. But the the penalties for more pay do do swing it. Um, so now we've got Kiwi Nicks asking Jimenez worth sticking to or downgrade to Watkins slash more pay and upgrade a mid. Um, so if we go to you with that one, Mark, um, I mean, what, what do you think about that? Would you downgrade Jimenez? I think a valid thing to do with Jimenez is hold him for the next three and then move to Michael Antonio. No, good shout. And I, I know Josh likes Antonio anyway. So um, now I think we'll all answer this one. So Kaz has asked, how do you pick your captain for the week? And this is our final question. So Josh, I mean, how, what do you look at when you're picking your captain? I think opposition's got to be where you start, really, because there's the easiest way of ruling a potential player out as a captain that week is, is obviously their fixture. Um, and then look at, there's, there's lots of different things you need to look at, in my opinion. The team's form, the player's form, um, stats, um, any, you know, factors that can contribute to that team potentially being impacted for the bad so maybe if they're losing it you know a city without kdb or liverpool without henderson which i've mentioned before some people might not agree with um and then i think the other one as well is always it's, it's nice to look at the polls um so you know fantasy football scouts polls is, is probably the one that gets the most votes each week um and that just gives you an idea of of what sort of what we could be looking at from an effective ownership perspective um, and I think there was towards the end of last season, we were going into most weeks with Bruno and KDB over 100%. So it just gives you a bit of an idea of hmm, where am I at in my season? Do I want to go with the crowd or do I actually want to do want to go with someone who's going to give me, you know, a bit of a higher um, rise if I if I if I get the captaincy right on them, really? So lots of different factors, really. 
Um, what about you, Mark? I mean, how do you go about it? Yeah, I think um, Josh has named out all the really relevant things you can do there. But one of the things that I've started doing recently, and it's kind of met with a little bit of success, is to look at my team and kind of try and visualize having two of each of the candidates in there. And which one would I like to have two of the most this week? And I kind of, <laughs> it's a weird one, but it gives me a bit of a feeling sometimes, I think. So uh, maybe a little bit of black magic there, but if you can do a little bit of visualization and think who would you like to have two of the most? No, I, lo- I quite like that actually, because that is effectively what, what the decision comes yeah, down to, yeah. isn't it? I mean, yeah. And if um, the answer is none, then you need to bring one in. Yeah, I often do. That, that would, my ta- transfers are often targeted bringing in a captain. Yeah, oh, that's definitely. probably when you can justify doing hits as well. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think so. I always say that, really. The, the, the way of justifying hits is either one of you making a very long-term transfer and you need to get a certain player in at a particular price. Maybe if you're bringing in like a Trent or Robbo or you're bringing in for a long period. But yeah, I think it's, it's mainly on captaincy, really. And you can justify that if obviously they bang. If they don't bang, then it, it's, a, it's a double blow. Yeah, I mean, with mine, what I do is um, in double game weeks, I might do it a bit differently. But generally, I look who has a home game and can that player score a hat-trick? And I mean, that's why last season, my captains, I almost exclusively captained Sterling, Salah and Kane. I think they were all double digits. I just think I'm going, I guess I'm going for the ceiling more than most. I I don't ever captain someone like Jimenez. Like, I just, you know, he's not going to score a hat-trick, so I don't want to captain him. He um, is this I, week. He is, yeah. Uh, I mean, just, I, I hope so. That three three <laughs> Traore assists, three Jimenez goals yeah. this week. You watch. I do hope so, but... That leaves yeah. the defence apart. I, I still won't be captaining him. I, that's why I wouldn't captain someone like Bruno. I wouldn't captain... I've captained KDB once, like ever. Yeah, I just... I go for the hat-tricks. and Yeah, but fingers crossed Fingers crossed for Jimenez this week. Um, so that, that's all the questions. So actually, for once, for the first time since me and Josh have taken over the pod, we've got through every single question, unless Josh missed some off the schedule. So we're, we're moving on to our feedback segment. So we've got Hindu Monkey. He's asking, why am I so posh? I thought Reading was basically a parking lot. Nice pod BTW. So for people like me who are posh, I checked Urban Dictionary and BTW means by the way. Um, so, I mean, Josh, you've met me. I mean, do you think I'm posh? <laughs> no, I don't think you're posh. And you have got a little bit of a Reading, you know, twang. So, uh, no, I don't think so. But Reading's not posh, believe me. I mean, or not where I live in Reading anyway. <laughs> I have to keep the windows closed when I'm recording. <laughs> so otherwise we have to put the explicit filter on, on the podcast. But um, we'll we move on to our partner chat. So Mikkel Tokram's algorithm. You can sign up at patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm. We're partnered with Fantasy Football Hub and have been given the exclusive sign-up offer code of Surgery15. If you go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk, you can sign up there for 15% off. Just use that code. That code again is Surgery15. And we're also partnered with FPL Doodles. He's on Twitter at FPL Doodles One, and he does the artwork for the pod release tweet each and every week. So now we move on to our trapped in, so our transfers and our captains. Now, Mark, I know you let some of it slip earlier, but what are your transfers and who's your captain? Um, my transfers are Rashford to Son and uh, Shea Adams to Mopai. And you've in done the already. Done. Yeah, yeah. And your captaincy, I just don't know at this stage, um, I'm afraid. Uh, I'm looking at the three obvious guys, Salah, San and De Bruyne. 
we've we've heard a little bit of news today that the Brina may not be 100%. Um, so I'll wait on that news before making a decision. If I had to commit right now, probably go with Son. Oh, wow. And um, what about you, Josh? What are you looking at for your transfers and captains? Yeah, so we've got two free transfers, um, taking them right the way through to Friday. So we get all the info and uh, obviously the presses. I think the uh, Guardiola one's going to be really key with obviously Sterling and KDB both flagged at the moment. Um, I think really at the moment, um, my prime target is probably Kane. Um, and Werner would be the one to go. So it's just, I've got 0.4 in the bank, so I need to need to generate a little bit more money to make that move, um, and it's just where I get it from, essentially. Um, and captain, if I bring him in, will be Kane. Um, if I don't bring him in and choose to make different moves, then it'll be one of the City boys, and probably whichever one's more match fit, which at the moment I'd say is more likely to be Sterling. Yeah, I think our moves are quite similar because I I've got two tre- two free transfers as well. I I almost did them last week but held off. Uh, my move was always going to be, I mean I said it last week, Werner to Kane. I need to make that money from somewhere else. Um I also need to have one eye on getting Salah in at some point as well because I think from the week after next to game week six I think he's going to be my captain for a couple of game weeks. So I'm looking at at the moment Werner and Havertz to Kane and Son and then I need to get that money I need to make up a bit of money somehow so it's either Robertson down to Ailing or Jimenez down to Morpé or Watkins so I, I mean I need to have a think about it and obviously we need to wait for this KDB news um, my my captain if I didn't get Kane in would be Sterling if he's fit but I mean in all likelihood I'm going to get Kane in I'm going to captain him and yeah, I'm looking forward to enjoying that. So we'll move on now to our surgery leagues. So Josh, do you want to quickly run through the top few managers in those? Yeah, of course. So um, the FPL Surgery Podcast League uh, in joint fourth, Dario Klein and Sean McCall. Third is Connor Bowles. Second is Tony Omandi. And first is Darren Axton. And in the FPL Surgery Patreon League, uh, fifth is Ian Gibson. Fourth is Jay Rosnick. Third is Colin Donnelly. Second is Carlos Carranza. And first is Espen Frostard. Thanks, Josh. And we'll go over to you, Mark. So have you got your three best picks for this game week? Uh, I do. They're very boring picks. It's uh, Kevin De Bruyne, Son and Salah. And what about your differential picks as well? Um, I, I just liked the look of Semedo the last day. I think he's going to fill Doherty's shoes quite well, so I'll go with him. Um, the aforementioned Gareth Bale. Uh, I, wouldn't do it, I wouldn't do it myself, but uh, he who dares. And in third place, I'll go for Diangana at West Brom. I think that Burnley fixture is a uh, plum for them to get their first three points for the season. Yeah, I really like that Dean Garner pick. And I mean, I'm wondering now if you're going to tempt Josh into getting bail in. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) Definitely in the back of my mind. Let's see what happens. Uh, See what what Mourinho says on Friday. If he said he'll start, which he's very unlikely to actually say that, I'd definitely go for it. I think he's uh, really exciting and love him at the low ownership as well. 
Mm-hmm. And then you might as well captain them as well and get the ultimate differential. But no, honestly, Mark, thank thank you for coming on this week. It's been a lot of fun. Do you, Thanks, do you mind, um, where can our listeners find you on social media? Oh, I, I won't bother. I'm not really producing anything of any note or interest. Uh, I've got, <laughs> I've got a, a, a ginger assassin on Twitter, but really it's... Uh, it's a waste of your time <laughs> but you, you need to be a bit a bit less modest there i mean you are like i said you're 22nd in the fantasy football scout hall of fame so there's only 21 managers in the world yeah, yeah. with a better record than you that's 21 yeah um <laughs> it is what it is <laughs> what can i say oh wow you're you're too modest too modest if i was you i'd, I'd have it everywhere I'd... <laughs> uh, no but that's brilliant no thank you very much for coming on yeah i've really enjoyed it thanks lads it's been a pleasure Awesome, and I look forward to getting getting you on again soon. Yeah, um, awesome. So please help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. Please join the FPL Surgery Podcast League. The code is 439HW9. Check us out at fplsurgery.com. You can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, and Twitter at FPL Surgery. Subscribe on iTunes and remember to please rate the podcast, or you can email us fplsurgerypodcast at gmail.com. So, Josh, there's just one more thing to say. Up the pod. Up the pod. Up the pod. Thanks, Josh. And we'll go over to you, Mark. So, have you got your three best picks for game week? Game week. Um, hold on. Uh, Have you got your three best picks for game week five? Are we? Is it game week five? Yeah. Sorry, it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'll say it again. So sorry, Mark. Um, so Mark, have you got your three best picks for this game week? 